Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hit Pause with SAPDC. In this episode, Dr. Trisha Satropa of SAPDC visits with Dr. Deborah Kara, who will be offering two series of presentations. The first, Key Early Skills Required for Reading Success, and the second, Skilled Readers Don't Guess, through SAPDC in October, November, and December. And now, over to the visit with Dr. Satropa and Dr. Kara. I would like to welcome Dr. Deborah Kara to um, hit pause with SAPDC. This is our podcast station that we have been recording. I'm interested in talking with Deborah this morning because she has some sessions coming up with SAPDC. And we really want people to understand um, where she's coming from and why these sessions matter. So welcome. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be able to talk with you about this. I mean, it's, it's my passion, helping teachers, helping students. Um, and so this, this is really a worthwhile endeavor. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to attend your sessions and, and to know a little bit more about you. So would you like to start with some of your background? Yes, I'm. so I was a classroom teacher for many years and I understand what it's like to implement new curriculum. Yeah. Teachers want to be given assistance and they need that practical guidance and support. They need those strategies and those materials that are gonna help them in their day-to-day teaching practice. Right. And so I think that that's really important and that's what I'm bringing to the sessions is the practical and, and the whys. Why this? Why are we doing this? Why, why is the phonological awareness and the phonics such an integral part of this new curriculum? And so then looking at how the brain learns to read, because if you look at how the brain learns to read and you look at all the science behind it, you understand that phonological processing and, and assembly and orthographic mapping are all the key pieces. Right. I like how you're bringing in both your practical background and your scientific knowledge, all of those pieces um, that that would be very important for teachers. Uh, do you want to say more about what they'll get from the session? I, I will. I'm just going to step back a little bit too sure. and, and say that I have a private practice and I teach children who are struggling readers, particularly children who are dyslexic and dysgraphic. So I teach them how to read and write. And the methods that I use are proven and they, they're evidence-based and research-based. And it's, it's amazing to watch the children's progress and to have parents come back to me and say, wow, that, you know, my child made such an improvement and I'm just, this is, great so i i know it works i guess is what i'm yes. trying to say it this works it's proven and so i want to share that experience and that knowledge with teachers right and it, isn't that what we all want to see our students progress and improve um before we started recording we did mention that 
some students will learn um, easily and readily, but more, more students require those specific instruction and support that, that you're talking about. Yes, and that's the expectation with this new curriculum is that the instruction be explicit, be direct, be systematic. And so that's one of the things that I'm going to provide for those teachers who are attending is a suggested scope and sequence that, that lays it out for the year for them. And then a daily lesson plan or format that shows them how to integrate that phonological awareness and those phonics skills into their teaching practice. Right, that makes sense to me. I think those are the kinds of tools that teachers are looking for. They have some ideas, but they need that picture of how to really make it work in their classroom. Well, and I think, Trisha, it's that modeling too, right? Because as you say, what, what does this look like? How, how can I do this? How much time is, that's the other question that I'm always asked. Well, how much time is this going to take <laughs> to do this particular segment? And so I can, I can say to them, if you're doing this activity, it's going to take, you know, this, this time, and this is how you can fit it into your day. And, and we can have those conversations because it's all about the wonders. I'm wondering how this is going to come about. I'm wondering how I can put this together. I'm wondering what this is going to be like in my classroom. Yeah, that's important for a teacher to be able to have the person available, uh, like a person like you available to ask those questions of as well. Well, and that's, and that's the, the great thing about the, the timing of the sessions as well, is that teachers have started their year and mm -hmm. they've had perhaps a bit of experience with this new curriculum and they have those questions and, and they maybe need more resources or they need more strategies and I can help them with that. I can support them with that. Yeah, that's a good point. They'll have a bit of experience with this class, their current year class, so they'll know their students and they'll be able to see how the students have needs that they will learn how to fulfill. So yeah, yeah the, the first session is October 25th for the grades kindergarten and grade one and November 1st for grades two and three. So that that really your timing was very intentional and, and well-planned too. That's helpful. Thank you. Yes, I put a lot of thought into it because I, like I said, being a classroom teacher, <laughs> I know what it's like. And I know, I know how things sort of are really intense, getting things ready at the beginning of the year. And then you're getting to know your students and, and then you need some time to fit those routines and those procedures in place. And then, okay, these are some things that have come up now. What do I do? Right. Well, I'm really looking forward to the sessions and I hope that I can support you. Is there anything else that you wanted to be able to say about them? Well, there are a couple of, couple of little things. One sure. of one of the things that I find is really important when you're, when you're supporting teachers is that creating a common language. And 
and going over the terms that this new curriculum presents to them. Maybe they're, they're very familiar with it, but maybe they've only had a passing sort of experience. And so we're all on the same page when it comes to using the term phoneme. We all know what onset rhyme is. We all know what connected text is. And, and that's also a key piece in foundational literacy is, is using passages, decodable fair passages that will enhance the learning of a particular phoneme. So if you're, for example, teaching CK, then you have those reading words for CK, you have the spelling words for CK, and then you have a little reading passage with those CK words in them. And so it all builds to the understanding and the practice for those students. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can see how we need to be using the same language, all of us, so we're understanding each other and in progressing the work as well. Yes, and, and also another thing that's very helpful besides the common language is um, getting at the multi-sensory strategies mm. that are useful too, right? So I'm just kind of listing things here. So okay. stop me in if you need further explanation, but um, so common language and then uh, trying to figure out how do we incorporate that auditory, visual, kinesthetic and tactile in, into the lesson because that will really help your students get those reading skills that they need. Right. I I noticed that in your description of your session that you talked about multi-sensory practice. And does that relate to the brain, um, the brain yeah. science that you work with? Yeah. Yes, that's really the neuroscience because I'd love to show you a diagram of the left hemisphere of the brain. <laughs> but, but there's almost a triangle. So, so the front... Of, of the brain is where we process our sounds. That, that's the spoken word. And then towards the back of the brain is where we make that association between letter sounds. And then at the base of the brain is what, where we have the orthographic mapping. And that's the memory. That's the retrieval of information. And then you draw those, those neural pathways and form that solid triangle. And that's skilled reading because they this the cognitive science and neuroscientists have have used um, fmris and they have actually shown uh, a skilled reader's brain reading and an unskilled reader's brain reading and they can show that when there's skilled reading going on all three of those areas are activated and in use. Oh. And when the, the child is not skilled, perhaps just the phonological, the oral language is activating. And the letter sound part is not so much or is weaker. And so right. how do we strengthen those and how do we build those connections? Oh, that's so interesting to me. And I'm that's where the multi-sensory comes in because we need those pieces 
to really develop those neural pathways. Okay. Ah, I find that so interesting. And it makes me think of my own children too and how I saw them learn to read. And I'm sure teachers will be able to relate that to certain students in their classrooms that who will need more support in getting those senses firing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's, and I'm jumping around here. So (laughs) yeah, we'll do some editing. That's okay. So um, another thing is, is when you're talking about kinesthetic and tactile is letter formation. Oh yeah. When, when students are asked to just trace over a letter or copy a letter from the whiteboard, they're putting it down however they're seeing it. So they're drawing, they're copying, they're not forming the letter. They're not intentionally starting at the top, going down and then around. And talking them through that and showing that process actually helps to activate those neural pathways as well. Oh, I didn't so know there's so many pieces, so many pieces to it. And, and for example, if you have, have a child who struggles with reversing letters, for example, B and D. Yeah. So, so giving them a visual, and I always show a picture of a bat and ball, and then I'll say to them, the B is a bat, bat. So you're drawing the line from the top to the bottom, and then the ball. First the bat and then the ball. And they talk themselves through that and they're forming the letters. Oh, wow. And then with the D, for example, it's first the dog's head and then the tail. Oh. And then the tail. Of course, that would be helpful. So they're hearing it, they're seeing it, they're doing it, and that's what's locking it into their memories. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's what's helping them. Yeah, and definitely they're visualizing the letter connected to something that it represents. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there's so many things. I have so many strategies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm getting excited about one or two strategies, but all of this will come together in your sessions and be very helpful to teachers in implementing new curriculum and supporting new readers or struggling readers. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to share. This is, this is a passion of mine is, is as I said before, to, to help students, to help teachers. And um, we, we know how important reading is, especially K to three. You know, we, we need that foundational literacy. We need to get all of our children, you know, empowered and confident in their reading acquisition. And so then they have that accuracy and they have that fluency that they need for the comprehension as well. Right. And having these foundational skills will take them far. Mm-hmm. It really will. And, and so, you know, we're looking at decoding sounding out we're looking at encoding because encoding is an important piece as well that's that's 
what activates the memory. Oh. So right. combining those together uh, will, will help children. That's a very important step. Okay. Oh, and one last thing I was going to give, sure, another strategy before we Yeah, finish. I'd love to hear another strategy. Go ahead. So irregular words, that's part of this new mm. curriculum, irregular words. And teachers are going, okay, well, here's the list. And, you know, what yeah. do I do? What do I do? And what do I do with those children who, who aren't able to memorize these words? Yes. This, this is where the multi the multi-sensory comes in as well. So there's actually a little process that I use to help children learn these irregular words. I call them the red words because they make you stop and they don't follow the rules. They don't follow the rules. So how, how do we deal with this? So one of the examples I use is the word does. Does seems to cause all kinds of problems. Very, very tricky. So a mnemonic is really helpful. So um, a visual like for does where I have a little um, visual of Oscar in his garbage can and taking the D, the O, the E, the S and making a little saying, does Oscar ever sleep? So that they know it's a D, an O, an E and an S does. Oscar yes. sleep. And they can say that to themselves as they're going to spell the word. Does Oscar ever sleep? So they know that there's an E and an S and that O there. And I then like doing arm tapping really helps. Mm -hmm. And um, the tactile kinesthetic. So audio, visual. Right. Excellent. What a great way to bring in multi-sensory learning and all of our kids can benefit from that for sure well and our teachers need those tools for their toolkit right they they you know like like we said some some kids will pick things up quite quickly but some kids need more help and they need that direction so right all right well thank you i really oh, you're so very welcome yeah it's been great talking to you deborah and hopefully we'll have plenty of people at our session and we'll be able to um, support many teachers. Wonderful. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Hit Pause with SAPDC. If you'd like to register for these sessions with Dr. Kara or get in touch with us about other upcoming sessions, please visit sapdc.ca. Thank you. Take care and stay awesome.